award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. i got another great show lined up for you today. Mr. Don King helping co-host. Yes, you bet, Jason. Hey, you want to do the radio shout-out while we're at Might it? As well, well, we're on it here. WMOD in Bolivar, Tennessee. Um, we're on the Wildcast Extras run at about 8.15 every morning, Monday right. through Friday on WMOD. And uh, we appreciate them as well as our other radio partners. Radio is important to us. We yes. love it. We love it. We're from uh, Bristol to Memphis. So, exactly. Yep. Uh, you can find us tip out there. Tip Yep. If you can't find us there, then tune us in on the podcast app, your favorite. You'll find us on on just about every one of them. Uh, you can even say, hey, Alexa, uh-huh. play Tennessee Wildcast podcast. It'll pop up. I've tested it. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, go find us. Go watch us. Go listen. And uh, you might see this guy, Jason Holland. Yeah. Good day. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. Hey, glad you're here. Yeah, we well, yeah. had a good time last time. Hopefully, uh, everybody learned some stuff. Uh, I know I do every time I come on here and have uh, conversations. Uh, well, I say that jokingly, but really, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that most people don't know. And of course, I'm very blessed to get to come in here and do this and get to talk with you guys. And uh, uh, it's just, it's an overall encouragement. I know I talked about it last show about what just the TWRA does as an agency for the state, but. Mm. Uh, even more importantly, what it does uh, at the more uh, macro level, looking at uh, you know all the different lakes, uh, the different things that we participate in, from not just biology because everybody thinks TWRA think they biology, which is a big part of what we do with uh-huh. uh, CWD and then the invasive species and all the different stuff, which is really cool. But there's so much more that goes on and instead of in. in conjunction with the wildlife piece happening and so that's yeah really really cool to see you mentioned some of the big ones but you know when people think of the agency they think of our law enforcement you know we write tickets for hunting over bait or shooting a deer out of season or catching the wrong fish too many fish whatever it may be but we're more than that yeah we're those biologists like you said and the technicians on the ground planting and making things better on our wmas and right just, you know all that stuff so yeah it's um it's extremely important of all the different pieces that go to it. Now, I didn't even go to the law enforcement piece because what I've learned over the years of being like, if you don't do things wrong, you really don't have to worry about, you know, right, the law enforcement or, uh, you know, uh, agency enforcement. But uh, to do the right thing, you ain't got to worry about it. Uh-huh. But uh, it is cool to see all the different things that we're doing. Of course, I know the being on the fisherman, being a fisherman and being on that side of it, uh, the build, build Dance Signature Lakes, uh, that whole project is really, really cool. Uh, you know, Definitely. coming off the Bassmaster Classic with the full booth there. Uh, it was really great to see. And it's so cool that we're able to tap into uh, someone like Bill Dance, who is a living legend, who is uh, so intricately involved with the sport of fishing. He's synonymous across the world. Right. Uh, and, exactly. of course, you know, that, that power T orange hat uh, gives us a lot of pride. But, <laughs> that helps. Uh, yeah, it makes me, uh, every time I see it, a little bit happier. But it, it's cool to see what the agency is doing and tapping into that. Because, again, Having someone like Bill Dance involved with uh, everything he is across the world, but being here, being uh, you know, born and bred here in Tennessee, and be able to maximize 
all the influence that he has, I just I love the fact that we're doing it. And we're not doing it uh, in his honor. You know, when he's you know, he's passed and gone, we're doing it now. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool and taking full advantage of, you know, what time we have left with him. And I mean, what a great ambassador of the uh-huh. sport. What a great ambassador of the state of Tennessee. And uh, it, it's just really cool to see what we're doing from there. And then with what that foundation or what that group is doing to come in and make the improvements to, uh, you know, the state park lakes, to the family uh, family fishing, all the stuff that that's doing from Habitat, from Access, all of those pieces, it's cool as I get to enjoy. My family gets to enjoy. Hopefully my grandkids. And it goes on and on. And that legacy, legacy that we're – that he has left, or he is going to leave for all of us. Mm. But the fact that Tennessee uh, is taking it and trying to make it happen, getting him involved and getting his input, yeah. um, man, it's a, we're blessed. We truly, truly are blessed. And there's so many states that would love to have that type of opportunity. Uh, we're just blessed that we, you know, we yeah. raised the greatest fisherman maybe of all time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bill Dance. Hey, you, I mean, it's, you're speaking of recognizable icons: Dolly Parton, Elvis Presley, and Bill Dance. They're right there together. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, it, it, yeah. they've done polls and and you know found done research to find that the bill is right up there. Yeah, yeah. sainthood. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like it's close to sainthood. Uh-huh. But it's uh, <laughs> it is really cool to see what what all that is happening and what all it's. More importantly, that legacy that uh, is being built yeah. for someone that deserves it. Um, and for, again, all the influence that he's put into the overall sport of bass fishing, or fishing in general. Yes. I say bass fishing is just the, the vertical that I live in, but just fishing as a whole uh-huh. uh, and get people out there. It's uh, Man, we're, again, I said it, we're, we're very blessed that uh, he's been able to be involved with it. Really cool to see. Well, go to BillDanceSignatureLakes.com and check that out. There's a lot of information there uh, about the work that's being done, like like Jason said, you know, some of the the lakes and stuff are getting more improvements, right. just uh, access type improvements. But then our fishing lakes are getting more habitat, and and the, some of the state lakes, like Fall Creek Falls, they're they're getting some feeder. They got some feeder things they're trying to work in, and, right, and habitat right. they're working in. So uh, all across the board, a lot is happening, and uh, you'll find that in the fishing guide as well. That first couple pages, uh, all the what's news, uh, kind of highlighting the regulations and some of the changes that are happening on our state lakes and, and family fishing lakes, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, can I make one more shameless plug while sure we're doing can. this? Sure. Um, so this is something that's, uh, again, being in that fishing vertical that we're uh, very near and dear to all of our hearts uh, is about guys transporting fish. And I know that uh, most people think that it doesn't even register, uh, but it happens a lot. And so we have to be very careful as fishermen that we are not taking specific species from one lake from one state to another uh, and moving them around and changing up the overall environment uh, we've seen that happen uh, of course you know again i live here in nashville so on kentucky lake barkley lake quite a bit we saw what the whole invasive species have done there uh, and, and there, those lakes are on the rebound twra and a lot of groups have put a lot of time effort resources right. funds into tagging research, yeah getting yeah. that back into uh just overall where it was before and dealing with the problem. And I always want to come in and bang the drum of make sure that fishermen are not making that problem even worse or adding to that problem of moving fish. There's, there's very specific reasons why fish are where they're at, the way they're managed, the way that they are. And when we take it upon ourselves to think that we know better than the mm. uh, trained biologist that we want to move fish, you know, from here to there moving around, 
uh, and not just the the uh, prepare, you know the predatory fish such as you know bass and those type of things, but moving just the forage fish around, um, moving invasive species of grass around, and so. Uh, I like to get on my soapbox a lot, and I get a lot of uh, you know a lot of mixed comments about it, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, there's a reason why the fish are where they're at. Yeah. There's a reason why they're managed the way that they're managed, and ultimately, we do not have the overall knowledge to be quote unquote biologists and taking fish from this lake to that lake, from this creek to that creek, this river to that river. Because it, all it takes is one small spark and turn and turn around and completely decimate a great fantastic fishery because some of us decided that we think we know what we're doing. So exactly. yeah. uh, I'm very candid about yeah. that, and and I'm okay with that because again, we need to leave it to the scientists. Whether we agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. It's not our position, our job to get in and start moving around because we can make a wrong decision, be a catalyst that can absolutely destroy an overall fisheries. And we spend a lot of time, effort, money, and we love them and mm -hmm. we protect them. That's why we keep them clean. That's why we do all the things that we do to protect these fisheries because we love them. And then we go out and, and, you know, we, we move fish around. And so just don't do it. Um, yeah. Our guys put a lot of information, a lot of research into these fish and the reasons why right. it's not just a willy nilly decision. Uh, to put a fish here or there. So yeah, it's yeah. very important. Don't move them. Don't move them. Just it's don't just enjoy. Yes, yeah. go fish. <laughs> yeah, you know, leave it. I, I'm a firm believer in making it better from when I was there to when I left. I just pick up a cup, pick up some trash, pick up some line. Yeah, I'm not asking you to go out there and take you know your entire church group and clean up a bank, which would be great if you decided to want to do yeah. that. And nobody would say no to go clean up trash. But if every person will do a small piece. It makes that whole big problem a whole lot easier. It's yeah. that whole elephant, is, well, you know, how you eat an elephant a bite at a time kind of thing. And so make sure if you see a trash, put it in your pocket. Don't leave trash. But more importantly, don't leave it. Pick up somebody else's that didn't have the courtesy to do it. Yeah. Keep everything clean. Um, I love it when I have, of course, I'm in this business, so I have a lot of people come from other states uh, that come and fish. And I am so proud to take them on our waterways. Mm -hmm. And then you go down certain areas, and, man, it just looks like someone took out bags of trash. And, and it's um, it's it becomes different. You feel different. You act different when it becomes your own. When you take ownership mm -hmm. of it, I promise you, the next time you go fishing and you take ownership of it, and when you look and see, it's going to bother you. And you're going to want to turn around and go pick it up. It becomes yours. And the more that it becomes part of who you are, the more you're going to want to take care of it. The more I want to leave it for my kids and my grandkids. And that that's how this whole progress works. So yeah. uh, just don't move fish. Clean up after yourself and pick up someone else's trash. It's not hard. Like yeah. our... Our friends at the Outdoor Stewards uh, Conservation, they say, fill a bag while you fill your tag. So while you're out there fishing, while you're hunting, fill a bag, take it back out with you, throw it away. Wow. Yeah. Look Somebody, at that. Look, some marketing genius <laughs> over there stole my idea. <laughs> even, I haven't even voiced my idea yet. Somebody got in my head. But, but hey, We're going to tag them in the description. So you yeah, should. Go check great. them out. Yeah, check yeah. them out. But, it, I mean, it is important. Just, you know, just be a good person. Don't be a jerk. Just pick up your trash. Pick up someone else's trash. It's not hard to be a good human. Yeah. Just try. Yep. Clean, drain, dry, too. Clean, drain, dry, you know? Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. All kinds of good marketing pieces here. Well, you guys are welcome. I don't know if anybody knows. They're paying me to do all this. It's strictly a paid advertising gig disguised as a fishing show. Yeah, your check's in the mail. Yeah. yeah sure. I'm uh, kidding. Keep I checking that. Keep checking that. Keep checking that mailbox. No, we really appreciate you being here and appreciate the good words you share. I mean, it's exactly what we're trying, the message we're trying to get out. And, it, you know, sometimes folks don't want to listen to, to our guys, so it's helpful when you help us out a little bit. And, and you know, it's it's all true. It's not, yeah. not being made up here. It's, it's not hard. Good stuff. Just, just be good people. Um, 
The BFS. Yes. Something new. I haven't heard those that acronym. It's the Bait Finesse System. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about BFS. And BFS has been around for a while over in Japan. So basically, Bait Finesse System. That's the acronym for the technique, such as a drop shot or fishing a shaky head. Bait Finesse System, though it is a very long word, uh, it gets broken down to BFS, which is what you typically hear. It's just a way to fish finesse-type uh, actions, finesse-type lures, but you can do it with a casting rod. So, give you some insight. Okay. Grew up in the South, um, and everything we did was pretty much power fishing. And it was all bait casters, you know, heavy baits, heavy line, full contact bass fishing, which is great. Bass are going to do that. But more times than not, um, bass are they're not going to be uh, in a position where you can power fish them and get as many bites. And so... Finesse fishing, all that means is you just downsize everything. You downsize rod, reel, line, your baits, your weight. Everything just gets smaller, more compact, and it gives them a not as aggressive approach, which is typically the way that they like to feed. All right, you know, you think of a bass who's eating, uh, you know, and diving into a ball of shad. I mean, there's, it's just it's very natural. It's not a big aggressive. Uh, and when, think about when they're eating a, a crawdad on a crawfish, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I mean, it's not a big, it's just, it's there. He goes down, sucks it in, eats it. So what bass fishing has done over the years is say, hey, we want to catch more fish. So we're going to have to have different spectrums, right? Big, huge baits, big, loud, noisy buzz baits clacking everywhere. And then you go all the way down to a very small three or four inch worm that's just sitting there doing nothing, mm. right? And you got everything in between. Bait finesse system came around and came from Japan. It's a system where instead of having to use a spinning rod, you can use a casting rod. So going back to what I said, I grew up in the South. Everything's bait casting. We would have you have twenty bait casting rod and reel setups, and you'd have one <laughs> spinning rod. Yeah, and that one spinning rod would be in the in the box just to make you feel better. Like at some point in time, if you needed it, <laughs> just you, in yeah, case. But you never yeah. break or it if out. You're taking a novice like me. No. <laughs> yeah, if you take somebody's going to blow up all your reels, you give it the spinning rod. And it's all it's, it's, it's strictly, I could use a bait caster. Yeah, it was, yeah. but it's strictly it literally it wound up just being in there. And so what's happened is. Guys know that they need to be throwing this finesse finesse baits. They need to be throwing smaller line, smaller baits. And so what it's done is allow guys, especially like myself, that don't like necessarily throwing a spin rod, I now can turn around and I can throw a 16th ounce jig head, like a crappie style jig head on a bait casting rod. Um, There's a lot of science behind it. how do you actually you can throw it on your normal setup now you just won't get any distance because everything is just too beefed up mm-hmm. but you still have to have enough backbone to actually set the hook right so there's a lot of in between got to figure out so of course you guys know i, I uh, work for cash and, and cash and came out back in july of last year at icast uh, and really started gaining traction and now it's becoming one of our bigger sellers is that we have a six foot ten inch rod that is a medium light and a bait casting rod, which is unheard of. We also, which I have with me here, is a seven foot long light action bait casting rod, which is pretty much unheard of. Uh, and again, it, this goes all the way from you can throw a one sixteenth all the way up to a five sixteenth size bait in a bait casting rod, wow. uh, which is. Allows you to throw the drop shot. Allows you to throw a shaky head. Uh, it allows you to throw really small crank baits. It allows you to throw really small spinner baits. Yet you still can get the casting distance, which is super important. That's because exciting. Yeah. yeah, if you can out and throw a, a little, you know, a little one eighth ounce jig, 
but it goes 12 feet. Well, I mean, you do it. Good job, but you're not going to catch anything. Put some more weight on there. Yeah, so uh, it allows you to be able to fish those type of techniques and do it in a bait casting scenario. So here's what's really cool with it. We thought when we released it, hey, this is going to be great. Basically, south of the Mason-Dixon line, guys like me that grew up not throwing a spinning rod, they're going to get it, and it. we were right. I mean, it has absolutely exploded. But what's been really unique is that we didn't think we'd sell anything in the, in, you know, like the Midwest. Uh, we didn't think we'd sell anything. Uh, I say anything. Very few because, uh-huh. conversely, you go up north, you go to Michigan, you go in that area, they're 90% spinning. 10% bait casting, mm. right? They just, they throw spinning rods and spinning reels and they throw light baits. Uh, they're fishing for a lot of smallmouth on the Great Lakes. And so they've been using light line and small baits forever. And so we did not think we'd have nearly the adoption rate up there because why? I mean, they, they don't need it. They, yeah. it's, it just doesn't resonate with them. Where we've been extremely surprised is how much that they actually like it. They throw... Now, and this is not everybody. I don't want to paint with that big of a brush, but we have a lot of feedback we have is from that group is that, hey, we were throwing spinning rods because it's the only option that we had. Mm-hmm. We'd rather throw a bait casting rod. It's more comfortable. You get longer, you know, longer cat, all the different things. And again, it's, everybody has their own theory behind it, so I'm not here to argue either way. But at the end of the day, we're getting a ton of adoption rate up in the areas that are heavy spinning rods because they want to throw a bait casting rod. Yeah. And quite honestly, it's different. Right, it's the same thing they've been doing. I've been throwing this bait on this rod and reel for twenty-five years. My granddad <laughs> taught me, and they want to try something different. And so, BFS or bait finesse systems continues to grow uh, Midwest, Southeast, Northeast, and quite honestly, it's huge out in California. Uh, and what happened is, it's not really started around um, the bass fishing world, at least here domestically, but it continues to grow. Crappie fishermen, trout fishermen. Uh, on any, a bait caster. On a bait caster. Anybody throwing <laughs> one of those small baits, they can throw it on a bait caster. And we're seeing a lot of individuals across all different types of species pick it up. The crappie fishermen are absolutely loving it. What we found uh, on the crappie fishermen yeah. is live scope, right? So mm-hmm. um, live active sonar on the front of their boat, and they're actually seeing the fish. Uh, Garmin came out with it. Now everybody kind of has a active target, live target, a lot of different names for it, but it's forward-facing sonar. Mm-hmm. And what's happened with crappie fishermen is before they'd set out these big spider rigs and they just, you know, they drop on or they troll, mm-hmm. right? And what's happened with forward-facing sonar is they now they actually can see the the crappie, uh, you know, uh, vertically. Uh, they can see the crappie in um, some laydowns or and what's happening is they're now actually seeing them and they're casting to them, which has completely changed the game. So now before they just needed a bunch of cheaper rods because you're just trolling them. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Now they need rods that will cast. They need rods that are extremely sensitive. They need all the benefits of a more higher quality rod. And so bait finesse has completely flipped. Uh, Forward facing sonar was really the catalyst on the crappie side, but bait finesse systems are now coming in where they went they're making casts with it and they like throwing a bait casting setup. Um, now, the rod is very important, right? It starts with the rod, but you can't just get the rod and go out and think you're going to be successful using the same old, you know, reel that you use for 20 years. Yeah, that's my question. I don't. Yeah, it's got to be a totally different reel in this case, right? It, it's a totally different reel, or at least at, a different setup. It has a it has different componentry, right? Because if you guys think if you've got a and I'll get into it here in a second, but you think of a normal size reel, uh, excuse me, a normal size spool on a reel holds a lot of line. Uh-huh. Well, it takes a lot and tremendous amount of um, let's just say torque or uh, 
overall momentum to get that real speed because you have so much weight uh-huh. of the line on the spool. So what you have to do is you have to get a very shallow spool, right? So now you're reducing weight and you're reducing drag yeah, of all that line, yeah. right? So you're getting smaller. You have a very small, shallow spool, so it doesn't take as much momentum to spin the spool. To pull it, yeah. Yeah, so you can get a further cast. Uh, that's been one of the biggest benefits of using a spinning reel, right? Because you don't because the line is just Fall naturally off. coming off instead uh-huh. of having to spin mm-hmm. uh, a spool like a bait caster. So makes sense. Now what's been really cool is the reel manufacturers have now caught up, um, and they're making reels. Um, Daiwa's got one. I'm a huge Daiwa fan. I'm not sponsored by them. I get nothing just so everybody knows. <laughs> I just like what they do. Uh-huh. Um, I like Luz. Luz has a, has a very good reel for a very economical price. Uh, Luz does a really good job. Um, Shimano has come out with one, and Cast King. Um, a lot of different companies are now making BFS reels. And it's designed for that real small bait, but to have a shower spool. So uh, you're going to have to have a real setup for it to be successful, ultimately successful. Now, can you go out and make it work? Sure. So a great example. Lose, this is a pitch and flip reel. Uh, it is designed to strictly, strictly for uh, not as much line. You're just going to flip it. You're going to pitch it. Yeah. Um, but... It makes a great BFS reel because it has an extremely shallow spool. Mm. So for guys that may not want to go in and make a full-on investment, take what you got, see if you got something with a shallow spool on it, and make it work. Uh, is it perfect? No. But will it get you by to start seeing if you like it before you turn around and want to spend uh, you know, more money and get a dedicated setup? Yeah, absolutely. So look for something with a shallow spool. That loses a great one. Um, Cast King makes a very price point BFS reel. So for guys that um, want to turn around and start seeing if they like it, uh, I use it like, like the, the Harbor Freight tools mentality. Mm. It's my own my own version. <laughs> it makes sense in my head. When I say it tied, it makes it sound completely stupid. But in my head, it makes a lot of sense. So if there's like a, a tool that I think, hey, I would like to have this, what I'll do is I'll go buy a very inexpensive one at Harbor Freight and then actually see how much I use it. If I use it, you know, several times, I'm like, okay, I will turn around and make the investment in a DeWalt or Black, whatever, pick yeah. whatever, uh-huh. um, you know, whatever, Milwaukee, whatever brand that you like of a higher-end tool. But I'll start with the cheaper one from Harbor Freight to see. And now what I found is all these tools that I thought I had to have, yeah. I didn't have to have. I, had a, <laughs> I thought I had to have this big torque wrench. And so I went and bought one. I was going to spend hundreds of dollars, and I used it like twice in five years. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm glad I did not go spend hundreds of dollars for that because yeah. I never really needed it. So, yeah. I use the same analogy when it comes to fishing. Get your basics, right? You get your stuff and, and always say afford what you can afford. Don't be stupid and go out and buy stuff on a credit card and buy the quality that you can afford. Stay within your budget. And then from there, just use what you can to ultimately say, hey, is this something that I'm going to use and not get sucked into the fad uh, of, hey, this is the hot thing. So everybody go out and buy it and then right, it just sits right. in the corner. Uh, I am guilty of it. I can say this because I am that guy. I've got all kinds of baits and lures and stuff that I've never even touched that I just hopped on the train and went out and bought it. Don't do that. Be smarter than me. Uh, buy what you can afford and then get a see if you can't make it work with what you got. So BFS, you kind of got two two options. Um, and I'll talk about cash inside, but it basically goes across. So you've got to have a rod that's going to be designed for a single hook application. All right, so you're gonna have like a shaky head, like a drop shot that has just a single hook. You're gonna little, you want a little bit more power, mm-hmm. right? To make sure you drive that real, it's a real thin wire hook, but make sure you get that home. And then you're gonna have uh, Cashin's version is a seven foot light. 
which is going to have a ton of parabolic bend, going to be super, quote-unquote, light, hence the name, um, but it's going to be designed for stuff with a treble hook. So stuff with a real small thin wire hook that you need all that bend, parabolic bend, a.k.a. that rubber band action so that the rod is fighting the fish and you're not pulling hooks out of its mouth. Yeah, and yeah. so as you get into it, you're going to need kind of both setups to really be successful. But if you're going to start with one, start with the medium light. Um, that's what you're going to throw most of the time. Your drop shots, your shaky heads, your Nico rigs, that kind of single hook, weightless, wacky rig. Um, that's really where you're going to get in there. So um, I know we're going to be short on time. So I'm going to fly through these things real fast. Fly. A couple things that I like. Um, Missile makes a micro jig. Nice. Um, they've got a football head, a normal head. It's great for BFS. Um, I also use the uh, – this is the Quiver 4.5. It's a little small Ned Rig bait. All right? It's great for that as well. Uh, on your small swim baits, uh, Dirty Jigs makes a great jig head. Dirty Jigs. Uh, dirty Jigs. This is actually a one-eighth but it has a one-odd hook on it, right? So you're not getting a real small lightweight when a real small hook because you need a little bit bigger, longer shank hook for a, for a swim bait. I like that. Yeah, and so I got a ton of different stuff. Uh, Strike King makes a real small micro mini spinner bait. I love those on a spinning reel, but that's yeah. awesome to, to see I could throw it on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely can throw it on. Uh, now you can throw it on a bait caster. So uh, you got Rapala makes. Um, and I love these on a, on a little oh, spinning reel yeah. too. Man, this is exciting. Yeah, and so you got your exactly your your basic uh, original Rapala floating minnow, uh, and this is obviously the downsized version. But now you can throw that on a bait caster, uh, and the list goes on and on. You got small crankbaits, you got small square bill crankbaits. You just anything that you want to normally throw. I tell you what, I catch a lot of bass on a crappie jig. Go bass fishing with a crappie jig. I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. But it's amazing how many bass you'll catch because they're so used to seeing these big lures and they get conditioned. So instead of going really big, now I go really small on them. And I still can do that on a bait casting. And I can get really the the accurate casting. I, I am horrible. I am embarrassing with a spinning rod. I do not mind openly admitting I am horrible with one. But now I get the, the overall castability of a bait caster. I get the precision casting of a bait caster. But now I'm doing on these ultra finesse baits. Absolutely fantastic. So check it out. It's in our icon line on the cashing side of things. Lifetime warranty, of course, everybody knows cashing. We're yeah. 100% American made, um, and it works really, really well for bait finesse systems. There is a whole universe out there um, if you want to dig into it. But this is, again, very high level, but bait finesse systems, it's, it's here. It's going to be part of the staple moving forward, um, and it's a great way to catch them. Well, I've learned a lot today because I didn't know the, the lighter sp- – uh, less line on the spool is even a, you know yeah. I, I don't think about the as having to pull it off where on a spinning reel it's just falling off yeah. pretty much this has been great would you use this on a creek could you wade fish oh one thousand percent yeah that's, that's what i'm thinking dude it's, you know me i like to wade fish hey i go on the uh south harpeth man when it's warm not right now you freeze to death <laughs> but when it's warm it's great wading bait uh, and again, I'm still getting all the benefits of a bait caster, and yeah. I'm throwing those small lures. And, and, and you can catch panfish, you can catch, uh, like I said, trout, you can catch smallmouth, all like, everything in between. I like the idea of being able to sneak up on them with a longer cast, yeah, as yeah. opposed to having to be right there next to them when you're you're flipping the yeah the spinning reel. There's a ton of options that come with it. Um, it's new. I get it. Like I said, man, just make sure you buy within your budget. Um, and do the old Harbor Freight tool mentality and uh, <laughs> grow into it. So I don't want to miss an opportunity to always talk about faith, your family, your fishing. 
keep those three uh, your top priority and keep them in that order, and uh, everything will go just a little bit easier for you. So thanks, everybody, for having me. Of course, uh, Todd behind there making me look good. Always enjoy uh, being on the show and look forward to the next time you guys have me on here if you do. Yeah, uh, we're going to have you back, <laughs> that's for sure. As we're getting into hot fishing season, we'll have to have you back with some more tips. I've learned a lot today on this one. This is great. Let's yeah. go fishing. What do you say? 1,000%. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Don, thank you for you bet. Uh, helping co-host. Thank you guys for watching and listening. We'll see you next time on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.